Hello and welcome to Cyber Soundbite, the podcast that explores how best to protect yourself, your family and friends online. We'll also keep you updated on the latest cyber threats while taking a deeper dive into subjects such as social media use, the dark web and online gaming. I'm Ben Cook and this time I'm talking to Sally who works in defence equipment and support. Sally leads the supply chain risk team within DENS Digital, making sure the MOD supply chain partners deliver secure capabilities, systems and service. I asked Sally to begin by explaining the basics of supply chain security. So our supply chain is basically our network of suppliers which we contract with. So um, we have tier one suppliers which we work with directly, but the supply chain also includes all of their sub suppliers that they also contract to below us. Um, so in terms of supply chain security, it's making sure that where our information flows through that supply chain and is handled by different organizations, that we know that is being handled in the appropriate way to reduce anything such as cyber threat and that information getting out into the wrong hands um, so it's obviously very important for us in defense um, because the potential of it getting out to you know threat actors is quite high especially given our current global position um, so we basically need to make sure that we are putting those controls in place to make sure that we are secure as the ministry of defense Right. Okay. So, as a, as a, I mean, I'm a former Royal Marine, and like lots of sailors, soldiers, and aviators across defence, uh, I'm aware of you know the caterers, the kit suppliers, the technical support companies working with the military. But of course, the MOD is far bigger than just the military. So, just how extensive is this supply chain that supports the Ministry of Defence? So speaking from the perspective of defence equipment and support, obviously we provide all the kit to the front lines. Um, our supply chains are extensive and they are moving parts. So they are continually changing, which obviously adds a big challenge to securing them because we need that visibility of who we are working with. Um, we have lots of suppliers in there, that, for example, are critical suppliers to us or single sourcing suppliers. So that could be something as small as a tiny component of, I don't know, a plane um, or a ship um, and little things you don't necessarily think of that you think if there is one supplier out there producing it, what would the impact be if that supplier potentially was compromised? So it is a huge supply chain we have, probably too big to even put into words <laughs> um, but it is continually growing and I think that adds adds an additional challenge to us making sure that we know we are in a secure position. Right and you know it's it's easy to sort of picture how organizations can mitigate the, the physical threats of working mm -hmm. with supply chains by you know checking paperwork securing shipments, checking permits and passes, but what threats do you and your team consider when securing the more I don't know, in, intangible aspects of the supply chain? Particularly now, I assume almost all of this is done digitally. Yeah, so our focus is primarily on our MOD identifiable information. So basically anything that is exchanged with those suppliers that can link back to us as MOD. Um, so what we look at is how that information is flown through, how it's actually handled and exchanged. So, you know, are we using secure networks to make sure that isn't going to be compromised and having sight of 
helping those suppliers understand what kind of information is being shared. So that can be classification levels. If it's something particularly sensitive, like personal data, you know, there can be things such as medical data which are shared which obviously we need to make sure we are protecting so we go through a series of controls to make sure that we are content with how that information is handled so yeah on our side we are very focused on information exchange um, and making sure that we know where it is who's seeing it it's not getting out into the wrong hands as you've described you know there's lots of people involved in the supply chain but how you know how 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 exposed is it to to threats and you know what could happen in the instances that people don't follow the correct procedures which you know could result in a breach yeah i mean cyber threat as we all know is growing every single day all new technologies are being developed as we speak um so we have to continually make sure that we are on top of our controls and what we're expecting them to do to make sure it is secure i think In terms of a supply chain, we work with a lot of really big suppliers who are going to be top-notch in terms of securing their information. Um, It's where we start to delve down into those lower tiers, smaller suppliers um, that aren't necessarily sort of swept up in the same way is where we need to worry about actually are they are they aware of what they should be doing? Are they handling our information securely? Do they even know the threats to that information that they're handling? Um, so I think in terms of that, the, the security part is those small suppliers that we want to make sure that we are we are protecting. You know, there's so many examples of things that have happened. I think the biggest one everybody knows is the one with the F-35 jet where potentially plans were leaked and then China have obviously produced a a jet Mm -hmm. which is very similar Mm -hmm. Um, and I think everybody's aware of that that kind of gives an example of how that can impact us as defense um, and potentially damage our national security obviously as well as financial reputational damage that we can get from that Um, so it's very important that we've got sight of what is happening within that space. Okay and and how much control do you have over these smaller companies that you're working alongside how what is it that the ministry of defense can do to make sure that they're operating just as safely as these these bigger companies that as you say are more swept up mm-hmm. so we have something um, in place which is called our cyber security model um, so we work alongside the process owners to help develop that and one of the steps for that is actually that the controls we expect from our big suppliers get flown down the supply chain to those small suppliers. So there is a baseline of controls we expect them to meet. Now, I think it's quite important for us that if we identify there's an issue at a lower tier, also at a higher tier, that we will offer that support to them to help them move to the right space. I think sometimes um suppliers can almost think that we're trying to catch them out which we don't want them to think we should Mm -hmm. be at that supportive element for them it's in all of our interest to make sure that what they are doing is correct and that they are secure because it's not just one company that will impact it will flow all the way through the chain and it ultimately come back up to us at the top as defense i mean it's interesting you saying there just about you know these smaller companies thinking that you're doing this to to catch them out and 
you know, I know from experience that you see a, a phishing email, you see these things come through, which no doubt are, you know, the means that hackers will use and utilize in order to, to, to infiltrate systems within the supply chain. But, um, you know, are you noticing a difference as to how serious people are starting to take cybersecurity? I think people are starting to take it more seriously now because we are moving into such a digital world. Um, I think it's almost reached a point where you have to take notice of it. You can't escape it anymore. It used to be a thing that I think a few people, select people would worry about and everyone else would kind of try and brush under the carpet yeah. and not think about it at all. <laughs> um, we've kind of moved away from that space now. I think everything you're doing digitally on and online, you've always got that sort of cyber footprint there. Um, and people are more aware of it now in their personal lives as well as in their working life. Um, so I think people do take it a bit more seriously. I do think there is a big culture shift, which we still need to do a lot of work on yeah. because I think the word cyber people find very scary. Um, so I think that's why for me, it that supportive element is the most important part of it. You know, we need to work together to make sure that people can have got access to the knowledge they need if they're unsure, rather than just sort of panicking in the dark and then trying to forget about it and hoping for the best, which is the space we definitely don't want to be in. Yeah, and I, I, it's interesting what you say there just about, you know, people hearing the word cyber and the images that that conjures. But it's also how ambiguous and broad it is. So I guess that comes down to a lack of education. So is it... Mm -hmm then you know the mod is it then your responsibility to sort of educate these other companies and people that might not necessarily be as aware of the cyber threats that are out there that in comparison to mod personnel yeah so i think for us we actually did find through we did a series of um audit activity when we first stood up our team okay. um so what that involved was us actually auditing internally so our project teams and our suppliers as well so that gave us a really good view of what the landscape was in terms of is it a us problem or is it a them problem or is mm. it a all of us problem and I think the cultural piece really came out there in terms of people were unsure what they needed to do they didn't feel like they had the knowledge required so that's why my team have kind of moved into more of an educational space as well so we've set up a series of training packages which are based on this cyber security model which we use in in MOD um, to kind of be that supportive element for them because I think if there's something there that you're unsure of what you need to do if you know the per someone to go to who will support you in that, that in itself is going to drive more compliance because people feel like they've got that holding hand to help them through, through something rather, as I said before, than just kind of panic a little bit yeah. and not really do it at all. So, yeah, we do have that in place now and it's definitely helped. Um, I would say probably more on our side of the fence than the supplier side, to be honest, because um, it does all start from us. We need to get it right at step one to make sure that our suppliers aren't failing. So as I said before, that's why we, we all need to be working together, really. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 important, especially how sort of broad and expansive these these networks within the supply chain can, can be. So I, I'm keen now to talk a bit about how 
how it sounds doom and gloom, but how bad it can get. And mm-hmm. I guess a, a, a case and example is the solar winds hack. So this was described by Wired as the boldest supply chain hack ever and by Microsoft head Brad Smith as the largest and most sophisticated hack the world has ever seen. So for those listening who haven't heard of it, the SolarWinds hack happened back in 2020 and affected between 18,000 and 300,000 SolarWinds customers and an estimated 100 companies across an expansive supply chain. So Sally, in your opinion, what can be what what can we learn? What can we take away from a hack of this scale and magnitude? I think of any any hack of any scale really you know, we do have people within the organisation who have the expertise to kind of look at what's happened, how that's impacted us. Um, and then from there, we can look at what controls we have in place to make sure that we we are learning from this experience, that this doesn't happen again. Where were the weaknesses? Um, how did this actually happen? Was it that we didn't have some kind of protection in place that we should have done? Or is it a case of actually it's something wider than that and we should be looking at another other ways to actually protect our information so i think with any kind of hack obviously big ones are very detrimental um any of them the main thing we should be doing post um, attack is actually looking at what happened going backwards through that and making sure we've got things in place to do better Um, and that is why as kind of i said earlier those controls that we have in place for us and our suppliers, we need to be constantly reviewing, making sure they're updated, making sure they reflect our current cyber state of play. Um, Anything new that happens, you know, it might be a case of, oh, actually, we didn't see that gap. So now we need to plug that gap. Um, If it's a case of, actually, we should have had the protection in place, but people weren't doing it, you then go back to the drawing board of, okay, is this a policy and process issue? Why is this not happening? So I think, you know, we all need to make sure, us and our suppliers, that if anything does happen, we learn from it. And I think that's why it's very important that suppliers are reporting their incidents to us, also near misses, things they've caught early, so that we can learn from it. Sometimes I think suppliers can worry about telling us that something has happened, um, but it's very, very important for us to then move forward in protecting ourselves in the appropriate way. If we don't know about it, we can't do anything about it. So ultimately, um, that is why we need to be working together to learn from things such as these big attacks. Okay, and what, what sort of things, you know, like solar winds, but also these other uh hacks of you know smaller scale or mm-hmm. or as 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 sort of serious but what sort of things are we beginning to learn about the attackers and the threats that they pose so i think in terms of the types of attacks that are out there um obviously they are they're changing every day um we have a specific team within our area that deals with um incidents and hacks so we have a sort of a few different teams that will work together on looking at industry breaches and attacks um, and they will do sort of post care after that to help support them. Um, Also in terms of information being lost there are more softer side of things that happen where you know we can say people can be the weakness so employees not following policy and process correctly that can open the door for attacks as well. Things like you touched on earlier things like phishing 
actually are probably quite successful. If you think of the mm. amount of emails people get in, they just think, oh, what's this one? Click on the link. Yeah. It's the easy way in, you know? Um, so I do think that's why that cultural piece is also really, really important. Um, things like the cyber confident work that happens in MAD really does get people thinking about actually, what is this email? I actually had one this morning which I pinged into our IT um, ops department and said, can you just confirm this is okay? <laughs> and I think that's what people need to start doing is if you are unsure, make sure you ask the question because you could then be opening the door to something much, much worse um, if something gets into the system. Okay, yeah, that's that's pretty important. Out of interest, the, the phishing email you received this morning, what 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 did that look like? I'm not entirely sure if it is yet, <laughs> which is why yeah. I've pinged it on to check. But I always think better to check. Um, it was basic. We've had a few, actually, which are um, things to do with just a link saying, I don't know, someone's accessed your system. And you think, is, is this correct? Is it not correct? Something that will make you panic, essentially, is what they go for. Um, if you think, oh, no, this is, you know, something's happened to my laptop or my account or someone's trying to access something, sometimes you just need to be wary about those things. I think when you're on work mode as well, if it's to do with your work, you instantly think it's genuine and it's learning to stop jump in the gun and just think actually is this genuine because people will even know from in your personal life you can get you know emails texts that do look very genuine now and it is easy to fall into that trap so I think it's just making sure that you are you are on alert to it and you do have that you do think about it before you kind of throw yourself in there yeah and I guess you're you're aware of this but for someone at the at the, the smaller end of the supply chain if you'd like mm -hmm. receives an an email like this how easy is it for them you know whatever that piece of malware is or the hack that you know the attackers are trying to trying to complete for lack of a better mm -hmm. phrase but how easy is that then to sort of infiltrate the wider aspect of the supply chain and other organizations working within that well, if you think of the link between our suppliers, it's kind of for anyone that's seen a supply chain graphic, it's it's basically like a huge spider's web. So you need to think about all those links between, especially nowadays where everything is shared quite digitally. There are those connections between the systems. So if you had it down on a piece of paper, you can see that chain. Um, ultimately, as I said earlier, they all come back to us at the top. Um, so you need to think if what that smaller supplier does click on a link, potentially if we're all sharing information through these systems that are not completely secure, then it can come all the way back up to the top. Um, it's very dependent on, you know, making sure the protection is at those different layers, which is why all our suppliers need to do it, because at least then, you know, it can it can potentially stop if one supplier has something more secure in place. Um, but that risk is always there. Um, and again, like you said, the smaller suppliers probably don't necessarily know as much. Um, so it is making sure that we are that supportive element, but all the suppliers need to be involved in that as they flow that through through their supply chain. So if they have a sub-supplier, it's really in their interest to make sure that that supplier is handling all that information securely um, because not only ultimately will it come back to us but also them it will 
you know, it can impact their systems, which then could impact their other contracts with other agencies, not necessarily us. Um, so it is within everybody's interest to be doing this um, and working in the same together in the same way. So really, it's, it's everybody's responsibility. 100%. Everybody. And I think people are coming around to that a little bit more now, as I said, touched on earlier, with your personal life, you know, logging in online, shopping online, um, all your medical data's online. Everybody needs to be in it together to make sure that we do stay secure. It's not one person's responsibility. Cyber is everybody's responsibility because ultimately, as an individual, you are a, a weak point if you don't if you don't do the correct things or you're not managing your information properly. So that protection does kind of start with us as an individual. So everybody plays a part in it. Um, there can always be a weakness somewhere through through a person or through a system. So all of us together need to make sure that we've got an invested interest in this to make sure that we are improving things and are making them better ultimately. Great. And we're going to move on now to just the final part. So I'm keen to talk a bit about your key messages. So, mm -hmm. you know, th thank you very much for, for joining us. Um, but, you know, bef before we do go, is there anything that I've missed that you think that we should we should talk about? So I think in terms of actually us as from my experience and sort of the Ministry of Defence, DNS as a supplier to that and all of our supply chain, um, I think the main thing to take away is if somebody does come to you about cybersecurity is to take it seriously. I know everybody is very, very busy in their day job um, and quite often you might have found yourself in terms of sort of security, cyber, information management, all those kind of elements of things, they can tend to fall to the bottom of the pile. Everybody is so keen on trying to deliver, you know, deliver the end product. And the thing that I do quite often hear is people saying, oh, well, it's all been fine up to now. And that's something that people say a lot. Mm. And we need to remember that actually there is always a first time and we need to stop that first time happening. So just because something has always been fine up to now doesn't mean it will always be fine. So it's about thinking of what we can do. If people are coming out to you asking about your cybersecurity measures or trying to help you implement some on contracts, it's to remember it is for the benefit of the end delivery. Because ultimately, if if there's a hack or something happens, that product isn't going to be delivered anyway because it could potentially be compromised. So I think the thing that we could do better is all remember that it's everybody's, um, basically everybody needs to have an invested interest in this and also that we all need to work together to help and support each other to make sure that we do get to a good secure position very yeah i mean that's that's a great sort of leaving a point point to leave this on so you know just to round off we've spoken today about what supply chain uh is and what what that's what security looks like surrounding supply chains we've spoken a bit about how bad it can get and as well as that your key messages so sally thanks so much again for joining us today no problem thank you ever so much for having me that was Sally, who leads the supply chain risk team within Defence Equipment and Support. 
Look out for more episodes in this series. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more by emailing the team at cyberconfident at mod.gov.uk.